Lectionary Lab Live is recorded live in Gainesville, Florida and Brasstown, North Carolina. Welcome, everybody, to the Lectionary Lab Live. I'm John Payless. I'm here with my bubba, Delmer Chilton. Say hey, bubba. Hey, Bubba. Hey, man. It's uh, good to see you today, hear your voice, and Happy New Year to you and to everybody listening along. We are going to get started right on in today as we are entering the season of Epiphany and uh, the Sundays after Epiphany. I don't know technically that it's a season, but I kind of use those interchangeably. But uh, we're going to get some text going here. Our first show of 2024. We're awfully glad to be back and uh these are the texts for well it kind of depends if you're using the text for the epiphany uh it's january the 6th text if you're using text for the sunday which is baptism of the lord january 7th and we're going to do a little mix and matching and just kind of get into the season today bubba why don't you tell us what you got on your mind as we think about preaching well, kind of like what we dealt with on Christmas, Christmas, fourth Sunday of Advent slash Christmas Eve. Right. Uh, we got a confluence of text and occasion here. Mm-hmm. And um, y'all, have all, this is Wednesday morning because we took some time off uh, <laughs> before the weekend. And so y'all have made your choice. So we hope to be, we don't know what choice any of y'all made. <laughs> So we're going to try to be helpful by touching a bit of stuff. We're going we're going to throw some stuff out here and I will uh, be working to get the show right out. But yes, thank you everybody yeah. for letting Delmer and John uh have families and uh vacation break <laughs> and uh here we are jumping right back at it. Right. So what what are we going to do is basically uh deal with the text for the baptism except instead of an epistle I'm going to talk a bit about the Matthew text for the Epiphany because some people are will move to the mm-hmm. Epiphany and celebrate the Epiphany on this weekend mm-hmm. and others will do the day, the baptism of the Lord, and I know there's a technical which one takes priority, but basically <laughs> most of us do what we need to do in our context. That's, that's right. What's in, what's important to me in looking at this is is realizing that this is the day we transition to the Epiphany season, the Sunday the Epiphany and Sundays after Epiphany, mm-hmm. as we lead up to Lent. So it's this space, and it's not just a space between Christmas and Lent. Yeah, you know, it's not just a space holder. It is a theme. Now it is flexible, and this year it's going to be a short season because uh, Easter is early. Right. So we jump right into Ash Wednesday in the middle of February. That's six weeks out. It's coming here, quick. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Today, this coming Sunday, is an opportunity to introduce and raise up the themes that are going to be observed as we go through um, the season of Epiphany. Right. So the the two basic themes that are going to run through the text for not only this weekend, this Sunday, but also for the other Sundays, are going to be Jesus as the light of the world. And also hearing God's voice. 
um, which begins with the baptism and runs on through. The voice continually is there, and Hebrew scripture lessons are going to be the creation, the calling of Samuel, the calling of Jonah, uh, a Deuteronomy reference to a prophet like Moses, uh, a calling of the exiles back to the promised land, and then Elijah. And and the Gospels are going to have baptisms. Then you're going to have Philip pointing to Christ, and the people called to follow Christ. You're going to have Jesus introduced as a, exorcist and a teacher and then the messianic secret and then we end up with the transfiguration all of which has voices calling Mm -hmm. visions and so this season Mm -hmm. is about the divine manifestation the revealing of who christ is and right the call Mm. our call to all of us the revealing of god's will and our response to it those are Mm -hmm. themes that Mm -hmm. We we look at so you could kind of you could kind of let, let everybody know these next few weeks we're going to be talking about hearing voices y'all hearing uh, voices. and uh, and it's a good thing <laughs> hearing yeah. the yeah. voice hearing the, the voice. voice yeah yeah and you know epiphanies revealing showings realizing seeing mm-hmm. what's there all those kind of themes both with the eyes and with the ears and also the question of how do we respond to that yeah so. Let's get going. Do her. So, one of the things I want to want to mention is that uh, three. We're going. I want to talk about three gospels, mm-hmm. and maybe all of them before I get done this morning. The intro to their beginning of the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, one thing is think back on John as we get this Genesis lesson. Right. Okay. This Genesis lesson, you know, within the beginning, God created the heavens, and there was a void, and there was then the voice comes and creates. Mm-hmm. And John, just look back at that prelude in John where it talks about the Word, and the Word became flesh, and light, it was light, and it was life, and came and landed among us. This how this Jesus is connected so much with words, voice, and light. Yeah. So we start there, and then you get this Genesis text, and the themes to pick up in this are the voice and the light. Uh, let and the first thing that the voice says is, "Let there be light." Mm-hmm. And so I'm just playing with images here. This is this is what I think is important here with Epiphany is these images that come to us rather than are reasoning our way through right. to a conclusion. The season of Epiphany is about revelation. Light, the way yeah. in which God breaks into us. Yeah, light shows us stuff, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. know, when when, uh, uh, when you turn on the light, when the uh, earth rotates and, the, and we see the sun again or when yep. the sun comes up, uh, all of a yep. sudden you begin to see things. And, and it's not, you're right, it's not a rational process. You know, Get up in the morning with a cup of coffee in your hand and look out off your deck out there in the mountains and say, oh, I see the leaves on the trees. I see that the trees are growing upward. I see that, yep. oh, maybe I need to go down there and get that off the car. You, you walk out and you go, what a beautiful morning. It, it's yeah. what you see, and it's the impression that you have. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and the the themes of light and darkness there in Genesis, and one of the things that, that I want to say, because what I 
just said, this is not an irrational process. Mm. No, this is just a recognition that there, in the Christian tradition, in the Jewish tradition, that there are things we can't figure out by science or by philosophical logic, and this is the nature of revelation. And once they've been, we proclaim a lot of things as being revealed, then we think about them mm-hmm. rationally and try to figure them out. Yep. But uh, this is a season of talking about things God revealed right. and showed. Right. And we suddenly saw them, the aha moments. Mm-hmm. And so we have in Genesis this light and the voice, and then in the psalm for baptism of the Lord, Psalm 29, you've got the voice of the Lord. Now, the first two verses of this 11-verse psalm are um, kind of a prelude of a scribe to the Lord that has come worship the Lord. Then not, you have 3 through 9, it's the voice of the Lord doing all these things. And then you end up with 10 and 11, again, the, vo- the Lord enthroned and the Lord giving strength. This was an enthronement psalm. And it, it had the imagery is of a storm, of God as a storm coming across with all of this thunder and mighty waters and majesty and breaking the cedars. You can just see this huge storm coming across, revealing God's power and presence. And the image that's so important here is that God speaks through around, and the question is, can you hear it? Do you see what God is doing in the world? Again, it's there. We don't create it. We don't figure it out. The question is, do you begin to see what God is showing us? Yeah. And if you'll, kind of like with light, if you'll open your eyes, you'll see. And here we kind of get, if you just halfway open your ears, you can't miss it, folks. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, blowing through and breaking big, strong cedars and all of this kind of stuff, shaking the wilderness. Yeah. Behold, see and hear and listen and and know what that God is and what God is doing. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shift and talk a little bit about about the Matthew right. gospel, uh, the Ma- the uh, the visit of the Magi, mm-hmm. because this is one in which they see a light and follow it, but also in dreams they hear voices and obey oh, them. Got both, yeah. All right, and so one of the things you got in chapter twelve is four stories that Matthew uses as a way of communicating the beginning of what's happening with Jesus. And it's an interesting contrast with what happened with um, in Luke's story, because instead of shepherds, we got magi, which uh, we have turned into kings, based, I think, a little <laughs> bit on uh, Psalm 72. Uh Verse 10, may the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall behind, right, around them. Right. And we sort of turned them into kings, mm-hmm. but still they're not shep- poor shepherds. We have gone from a stable to a palace. Um, you know, we get, you know all the story has different images right. from a different side, which is interesting to play with. And in this Matthew story, you have... The Magi, verses 1 through 12, then you have three other stories. You have the flight into Egypt, where they have to flee. You have the slaughter of the innocents. And then you have the safe return 
and not going to Bethlehem, but deciding to go to Nazareth, yeah. an out-of-the-way place, yeah. how Jesus ended up in Nazareth. Matthew is setting the, the tone. And in each of these cases, he talks about how this fulfills Scripture. Mm-hmm. Because what's important for him is that we see that Jesus is the Messiah, that we begin to understand, right. looking back past, from the perspective of where this is written, the first readers were looking at this from after the death and resurrection. And Matthew is trying to start out by saying, I want you to understand this person who died on the cross was our Messiah. Yeah. And the consistent themes beginning here and going all the way through Matthew's gospel is Jesus was the Messiah for Israel and the world. Right. That it's it's important that Jesus was the true king for Israel, connecting it with Old Testament scriptures and predictions. There is also a foreshadowing here from the very beginning of the hostility there will be to Jesus and and to the post-resurrection gospel began from the beginning. It wasn't a sudden thing. Right. That this beginning of a new age was a disruptive thing and frightening to the powers that be Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. In the midst of that, we then have to think about, well, what is this saying to us? That's what it said then. What does it say to us now? And I I think one of the things we're listening for is uh, not so much... Wise men still seek him and that sort of thing. I think I think what I I want to listen for here is what is God trying to reveal about God's nature? Right. And what God is revealing to me here, if I can do it that personally. <laughs> well, you can. Yeah. If I do it that personally is that we whatever glimmer of light we see it is important that we follow it the, uh, for me it was so important that the magi saw the light they came they've seen it rising and they followed it without knowing where exactly it was going to lead mm. and how many times in my life particularly ethically religiously have i struggled to I want to know how it's going to come out before I start out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, so. you're, you're. I think you're raising a good point, sharing your personal perspective and experience. They are following the light, and for all of us, we we may feel, oh, I see a light in this direction. But notice, it it was a journey. It, it, they were asking yeah. questions along the way. They're checking this stuff yeah. along the way. It wasn't that. They knew how everything was going to turn out. No, they started in that direction, and it it is a journey. It is a um, a quest. It it is something that we're continually checking. Because if you just get all inspired in yourself and you say, "Well, see, I've seen the light, and over yonder's where I got to go," and you put your head down and just bear straight forward, no matter what happens along the way, that may not be the best way to follow the light. There may be just enough light for today. Yeah, that's it. 
and for moving forward and for individually and also for the church. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've led churches in five-year plans and <laughs> this, that, and the other, and you got to think that way. But you got to follow the light mm-hmm. without knowing for certain where it's going to lead you. That's point. That's my first thing yeah. there. The other thing is I look at, at Herod, and it says he was frightened. <laughs> and I'm aware of being frightened of what it means that the light has come. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sedentary. <laughs> Set in my ways, I think, mm-hmm. is the mountain expression. Yeah. I, um, uh, I don't like change. And I particularly don't like change that I'm not in charge of. And I really don't like change that may take some of my privilege mm-hmm. and uh, give it to somebody else or or might threaten that yeah. or scare me about that. And I think we have to be honest here that the coming of the Christ is unsettling and a little bit frightening. And how do we overcome that? Yeah. I think the church needs to pay attention to our fear of of, of Christ disturbing who we are. Um, I remember Annie Dillard writing a thing about, uh, remember the writer Annie Dillard? Mm-hmm. Pilgrim, Pilgrim at Tinker, Tinker Creek. Creek. Mm-hmm. And, well, other things she wrote, and she was, I think, Presbyterian, an active church person. And she said, if we really believed what we say about the activity of the Holy Spirit in the world, we would be afraid to go to church. We, <laughs> yeah. And she said, and we would wear heavy, hard hats and uh, et cetera, and, but we prefer to bolt down the pews. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so God can't move it. Well, that, that's us. I'm a, there's a frightening this of this. <laughs> And the third thing I'm thinking about with the the wise people, the magi, is um, even when they're not sure, even toward the end, they listen to the voices. Yeah. Having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. It doesn't say they were told why. (laughs) They just go this way. Yeah. Go this way. And sometimes we have to listen to the voice of the gospel, the voice of the scriptures, the voice of the church, without knowing why. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not, that's not blind obedience. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I am talking about a willingness to take a risk on truth that is not from one individual. You know, yeah, and not a whim, but a tr- for me, it is the truth of things that I may not quite get, <laughs> but the co- church, the community, invites me to trust that. Yeah, for me, I'm a I'm an old Appalachian boy that I can be easily insulted and 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 this uh, is my truth. <laughs> uh, I I'm, I can be aggressive if I let myself, and one of the things I've had to trust is that peace is an important thing. Uh, the gospel has told me that, yeah. that I should treat others with respect and that I should allow myself to be insulted yeah. occasionally. 
And that's hard for me. I'm just this one <laughs> little thing. So the truth of pacifism and turning the other cheek has been learned behavior for me. It does not come naturally. I've had to trust the church's witness yeah. that that this this works. Now, I don't know what yours might be. Mm-hmm. Not yours, John, but yours right. who hears. Dear but listeners. Have, dear <laughs> listeners, all of us have places <laughs> yeah. that we had to pay attention to the voices mm-hmm. of the church, of the gospel, of the scripture. I will. Yeah, yeah. I will reflect a little bit back on another significant part of your journey through United Methodism and Wesley, and I've I've had I've gained a lot more exposure to John Wesley and the thought thinking that has come from that tradition, and I'm reminded of what is most often called these days that Wesleyan quadrilateral and and how well it fits that this idea that this is a journey for these wise for these magi this was a journey and there was light from a star and they (laughs) stopped for ask directions there's old jokes about that you know uh they uh, listened to the voice they heard in dreams they saw the child there are a lot of elements here and for us being on the journey is listening to the voice expressed in different ways scripture what you know for we're, we search every week scripture here tradition that which is passed on to us from the church i love that this includes reason which is a gift god has given you know you got a half a brain anyhow learn to use it <laughs> and and then interpreting yes. that in 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 terms of experience wait a minute how you know how have i experienced this before have i been down this road and even if i'm in a brand new place you know how does this fit and how that all goes together in interpreting uh this what we're hearing what we're seeing and what we need to do so thanks methodist we tip the hat to you yep well moving on then from the epiphany mm-hmm. we leap forward <laughs> from jesus birth to his baptism at something around 30 years old best we can tell. <laughs> and there's not a whole lot that we have written down in between that anyhow uh, yeah. any way you slice it and yeah. if jesus teenage years were anything like most of ours it wasn't worth writing about mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just finding your way through so um, we talked about and read uh, verses 4 through 8 in Advent. Right. Uh, if you want to, I think you can find that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to go back and revisit what we may have said about it there. I want to focus on 9 through 11, mm-hmm. which is uh, mm-hmm. Mark's very terse, very short, very matter-of-fact um, discussion of Jesus' baptism. Um, there are three parts to Mark's intro to Jesus here in chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, are John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just where it's all about John and coming in and ends with, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Then we have this 9 through 11 that we have today, the second part, which is the baptism of Jesus, which leads immediately in 12 and 13 into the temptations. Mm -hmm. So he moves him quickly through this. And 
it's important to notice in this middle section, this baptism, that unlike um, Luke's story and Matthew's story, this is not a public proclamation. Jesus saw the heavens and the voice and heard the voice, not everybody else. Not a public proclamation. That comes in chapter 9 at the end of, we'll read about that at the end of Epiphany, the last Sunday after Epiphany. But then it only happens to three people, and they're told not to tell anybody. <laughs> so we're we're already dealing with, you begin dealing with the, the thematic of the messianic secret that yeah. we find coming in Mark, that the it is the revelation but it seems gradual. Right, right. And that's a theme we'll need to be, because this epiphany, except uh, one text in a bit, this epiphany, we're going to be dealing with um, a Mark, and that's a the underlying theme in Mark, is figuring out what to do with Christ is being revealed, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> right. So... I don't know what to do with that. Just say, look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so only Jesus heard it. So that's important as you come. So Jesus comes up. Everybody's standing around. I, I think what everybody else is doing is saying, he looks like he's in a daze. What's he looking at? <laughs> you know, he came up out of the water. We don't even know if it was anybody noticed him. Yeah. See, in the other ones, John says, oh, what? What am I to do? What am I doing? Baptizing you? Yeah, we get a lot he more backstory. Came. Yeah, he just got baptized, and he saw the heavens torn apart, and he might have been standing there, and other people are going in line. Nobody noticed. Yeah. And a voice came: "You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. <laughs> Not to anybody else." Um, I ponder that a great deal. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I see a lot of in American Christianity across the board and in recent years in American culture as well mm-hmm. is uh, what I call, it didn't happen if it ain't on Facebook mm. <laughs> or some kind of social media. Yeah. That somehow whatever happens to us you, that is personal is all, somehow also public. It's for everybody's consumption, and I think we need to pay attention to this moment was Jesus' moment. Yeah. And there are those mo- This is an important moment. In, in Mark, the baptism of our Lord was a direct conf- confirmation, I guess, mm-hmm. to Jesus, a communication to Jesus. Yeah, that yeah. Acted the way he did the rest of his life, but it wasn't a display moment. <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit because yeah. uh, you've got to set up in such an excellent way here. And you, you alluded to the fact earlier, the different ways the Gospels open for Mark. And I'm, I'm going to 
go to one of the ideas, or I hesitate to call it a principle, but one of the things you remind us of that's helpful sometimes is we need to stick with the, the gospel right. we have. So I want to right. stick with the gospel we have for no, a moment. No homogenizing. Yeah, yeah. You need to know the background, and this baptism story is going to be in people's minds. That's true. But for Mark, this is the biggie, okay? This is yeah. the beginning, uh, of everything for Jesus. We had that brief introduction. We, we had the voice, prepare the way. We did that in Advent. And then here comes John, and he's tied by this wilderness prophecy. And then we get his message, which includes three really big ideas that I'm not going to fuss and fight about today. But this whole idea of baptism because of repentance, this change in mind, which has resulted or led to forgiveness of sins. So there's there's three big ideas, and I just want to say they're all swimming around in there together. All right? yeah. That's what makes baptism important. And then we simply hear, Jesus came, and he was baptized by John. Well, why, for heaven's sake? Why? Did Jesus have any sins to confess? And again, today, I'm not going to get drawn into trying to chase that around and make a statement about the perfect Son of God, and yet, I, I'm not. It, I just want to leave it with what it says. Jesus came and was baptized. And for Mark, then, the point to me seems to be this expression of God's delight this word of God's approval of, of this direction, of this way, and God's affirmation of this beloved, this son. I, I'm pleased. And you go, wow, okay, well, that's pretty good. And so for me and my folks, I'm, I am t- taking Epiphany in the, in the direction of during this season of revelation, during this season of light, what do we see? Ultimately, we see Jesus and we follow. We follow. And so in our baptism, and we will use a service of uh, renewal, of the baptismal covenant on this day. In our baptism, as we come to the water with Jesus, following Jesus, remembering our renewal by our confession of faith and joining in God's way, we too are heirs or we receive these gifts of God's delight, God's approval, and God's affirmation as beloved children. And like the word to Christ, the word we receive is, now carry on. Go ahead. Get with it. It's going to, and in Mark's gospel, you're right. It picks right up. Boom. Here we go. Carry on. Pause to reflect. Pause to remember. Pause to affirm. We're here because we're following Christ, and it's Christ who is revealed. Now, let's carry on. That's kind of wow. where I'm going. Good with stuff. It. Yep. Good stuff. So I was thinking. I was mm-hmm. thinking about that question when you talk, raise the question, and mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. why, why, why Jesus was baptized. What's different? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. why with it and the baptism of John? I want to lift up a couple of things in response, re- reflection about that. Uh, 
first thing is, you know, when it says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, then when Jesus comes up out of the water, uh, the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending on him like mm-hmm. a dove. Now, the re- one of the lessons that comes with this day that we didn't set up to talk about, but is the Acts 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love this first couple of lines. Uh, he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? And they said, we've not even heard there was Well, you never hear of no Holy Spirit. <laughs> and they said they were baptized into John's baptism. I think right there. Maybe to me is a partial answer to the difference, mm-hmm. you know, and then they get baptized and get the spirit. It reminds me of that old uh, Jerry Jerry Clower story mm-hmm. about the the guy who walks in and he'd been cutting wood with an axe, double double edged, you know, mm-hmm. two side mm-hmm. double edged axe, and they'd finally got talked into getting a chainsaw. He went and bought the thing, and he went back and came back a few days later and wanted to turn it in. He said, I I couldn't do half with this thing what I was doing with my axe, and they told me I'd do so much more. Mm-hmm. And he, the fellow said, let me look at it and say, let me see if there's anything wrong. And he cranked it up, and he's going, vroom, vroom, vroom. And the fellow said, what's that fuss? Yeah. <laughs> what's that noise? <laughs> He'd been chopping, chopping away, away. <laughs> with with John's baptism, he had not had the infusion of the Holy Spirit. Mm. What's that fuss? Uh, it reminded me of a uh, minister. I uh, went to a retreat way years ago. You mentioned my Methodist days, mm-hmm. who was talking about mainline Christians and the Holy Spirit. And um, he said, you know, when we baptize, we say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> We whisper Holy Spirit. Let's sneak the Holy Spirit in there. Yeah. And if you look at all the tra- all of the traditions uh, with Jesus' baptism and then this story, the Holy Spirit is a very important part mm-hmm. of of this uh, the baptism stories. Now the question is, uh, I think we're a little bit afraid of it because uh, for some of us, for Pentecostalism and the um, you know. That's just not who we are, we think. That's a little mm-hmm. bit out. We're, we don't do that shouting and hollering and glossolalia and all that stuff. Some of us may. But I think as a whole, we just sort of shy away from that. And if that's what the Holy Spirit is, well, we just soon not have any any truck with it. That's back to your Annie Dillard uh, idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we want to just keep, we don't want the Spirit whipping through here. Mm-hmm. But the reality is the Holy Spirit is a whole lot more than just kicking up a fuss like in Psalm 29, Mm -hmm. all that whipping through. It has to do with empowerment for ministry. It came upon Jesus and initiated, commissioned Jesus Mm -hmm. for the ministry. The first thing that happens after this line of the voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved with you I am well pleased. It said the spirit led him into the wilderness. And throughout the rest of the gospel, the spirit leads Jesus. You get down here in, in Acts and you have these folks who are kind of appear to not know what's going on. Then they get baptized in the Holy Spirit and yeah. they begin to begin to understand. I saw one of the things, again, the overall theme of epiphany 
is that God reveals things and leads things mm-hmm. that we can't come to without mm-hmm. the presence of God in our lives. And for me, the Spirit's pretty quiet, yeah, gentle nudging and awakening of things that I didn't realize I knew. Yeah. Uh, but for everyone, I think part of the, the issue of baptism is that the Spirit becomes a vital part of our lives. Yeah. And it's not just washing away the sin that we did and we are going to make the effort right. to be better people into the future. It is the reception of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can't do away, nor can you do without the involvement of the Holy Spirit. And we will come back around, of course, to uh, the, the the next thing in a few weeks when we do pick it up at yeah. Lent. And we'll talk a little bit then about this leading of the Holy Spirit. And especially in Mark, it's kind of like, and then the Spirit kicked his butt right out in the wilderness and (laughs) drove him out, cast him out. It's a forceful move. And uh, so there's a lot to talk about with the ways the Spirit moves. Well, there is a a distinct reality Mm -hmm. that the the, um, ethics, Mm -hmm. the the effort that Jesus calls us to, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly as some of us say in the Sermon on the Mount, is beyond human capacity. Some people call it an aspirational ethic, and it is. But yet, we only, if you look at it through the lens of what we are humanly capable of, Mm. and one of the promises of this story is that God's Spirit is with us. To God to, uh, to empower us to do that which we are not humanly capable of on our own. And that doesn't mean we immediately, you know, it's not, we immediately are able to do that. It's not like one of the Marvel superheroes running into some strange uh, (laughs) spider venom rock from outer space that suddenly gives them superpowers. It's not like that. But we grow in grace with the help and leadership of the Holy Spirit. To do things we didn't think we were capable of doing. Yeah. And being people we didn't think we were capable of being. Yeah. One might argue, as did Christ. And that's why we're going to walk on this journey. What is the growth that lies ahead? What are the challenges that lie ahead? Why why is this statement so important to Jesus to remember, you're my son, you're the beloved, to you I'm well pleased. It's going to get rough out there. But, you know, you you need to remember that God, Spirit, is with you in you uh yeah lots of shadings to think about there in terms of our trinitarian understanding of god but uh trying to relate to jesus who is human like us i think that's that's where we'll Well, see this is yeah yeah, and this is a season a sunday and a season to um be aware that sometimes we just need to let the images play with each other without sorting yeah. it all out logically. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of images, and we don't have to figure it all out in 12 minutes uh, <laughs> yep. or whatever time you've got to preach. We need to raise up these images and work together in, in our communities of faith to mm-hmm. see how that's going to play out for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, good stuff today, Bub. I think we're off to a great start. And uh, y'all tune in. Uh, Next time, we'll have a special codicil to the lectionary lab where Delmar and I debate just what does this word baptisma mean here? Uh, Just how far (laughs) down in the water did Jesus go? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) We've talked a lot about that over the years. I think the secret uh, to our friendship... A secret to our friendship, of which began 27 years ago, I think I calculated, as a Lutheran yeah. and a Baptist, as we pretty much agreed early on, we would testify to our understanding of baptism without arguing over it. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Was there water? Was there God present? Let's do that, son of a gun. Okay, everybody, listen, we've enjoyed it. Uh, I hope things go well getting started. We'll be back next time. And uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Delmer and I were considering uh, a uh, Lenten session online. We have looked hard at that, folks. And we just really are not going to be able to deliver that. We 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 never want to come into anything unprepared, uh, unless I hear from y'all that it's okay with you for us to open up a Zoom for an hour or two, and we'll you know just kind of shoot from the hip. But we are not going to be able to offer a a workshop per se. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not going to give it our full efforts as we uh, pour them into this weekly uh, lectionary podcast and the uh, extra premium edition we're going to give you everything we got so bubba will be back next time but for today i don't reckon there's much for us to do other than to tell everybody bye everybody bye Lectionary Lab Live is a two bubbas and a bible production our opening theme is top of the morning by track tribe we go out today with a classic gospel song, Follow On, I Will Follow Jesus. This was written by W.O. Cushing. The tune is by Robert Lowry, performed today by the choir and congregation of the St. Stephen's Church of Uri, Tamil Nadu, India.